0: This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Welcome again to Kawai Kui. What waters are you? Conversations with interesting people. Well, everyone's interesting. Everyone has a has a story. I'm with. Reverend Jill McDonald. She doesn't like me saying that. You can look at her. Jill McDonald, And I've got to tell you a story because she's an amazing person and she's actually got a write-up in Bay Buzz. So she's one of these prominent women people of Hawke's Bay in the January-February issue of Bay Buzz. There she is on page 35. Have a look. So I met Jill. Hello, Jill. Hello, ora. Kia, <laughs> Kia ora. Wonderful to be here, Pearlie. Well, you won't you say that after 55 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I met Jill on a marae on Matahiwi and we were looking at something and it was to do with social justice and there was this interesting person and then she did her mihi and she came out with all these things from the South Island and I had I only came back from the South Island like so many years before and I knew I knew all these places and so we connected and it was like we did that whole rural whakapapa thing like oh do you know the McNabs like, you yeah.
1: playing netball with Hillary
0: <laughs> and all this sort of stuff it was really cool and then we just sort of connected, and uh, she's one of the most amazing people I know, and she's very, very involved in social justice stuff, so I'm going to delve deep into the waters that run through you, through that Celtic, Southland, Otago blood, and find out what makes you tick.
1: Thank you. Great to, <laughs> great to be here. And I'm looking forward to this conversation.
0: It is a conversation. I really love the fact that, you know, who are you in Māori means, you know, kō waikōi is literally what waters mm-hmm. are you, you know, mm-hmm. where have you come from. Mm-hmm. All these things that the family and the place and the experiences and the, and, you know, the insights and the joys and the things that have happened make us who we are. It's not just the genetics, it's, it's, all, the, it's all those other factors that make, the, it's the magic and the, the making of the cake, the, the, the baking of the cake. So I'm going to start, because I've called you a social entrepreneur, a connector, a reverend. You are so into social issues. You are so into connecting with people and doing what I think is the right thing. So there's a, there's a motivation in you to make this world a better place, and it's very clear and very obvious. And I want to know where this comes from. So let's start talking about where did you come
1: from? So your question about what waters are you, the first that comes to mind is the MacLennan River, yeah. uh, and the MacLennan-Awa, down in the Catlins near Papatowai. My ancestors were some of the first to settle in that area, and they were the MacLennans, so that place is named after them and there's uh, Papatawai the beach and so that sea is the that water and that river is what I think of and although I, I didn't grow up there I grew up at uh, Windham, um, which is about 40 40 minutes drive away Uh, the Catlins were more the place that I felt a much deeper sense of connection to and there's a place there, um, uh, Florence Hill that looks out on the Tautuku Peninsula and Florence was my great grandmother Um, which I've always been been really proud of but um, I've been doing a lot of work and study um, looking, uh, I've been doing a paper on Maori theology and um, looking at colonisation and have become so much more conscious of the reality that this would have been part of the Murihiku block yeah. that actually was taken pretty dubiously. Is it um, one of the from,
0: purchases? Yes,
1: yeah. yeah well, it? it was taken for, uh, purchased off them, but yeah. for a, a much lower price than they were kind of duped. And so this land <laughs> and the family land that my farm was on was also part of that. So yeah. there's been this recognition actually since I've moved to Hook's Bay and i much more engaged with this of um, of my own history yeah. and the complicit complicity. Uh, in all of that, um, even though, even though it wasn't my own family that kind of bought the. well actually, though no, they did in the Catlins they were some of the first people um, to buy the land. But who did they oh, oh, buy it? Oh, they, oh, they wouldn't have bought it off Maori. They would have bought it yes. off the yeah. the uh, the developers who yeah. were developing the land. So yeah, so that's really interesting to kind of think about that now.
0: That yeah. it is fascinating because you you know you hear stories about because I had I've got family that's Stirlings and in, um, in North Canterbury and they talk about the same things. There was a mm. A so-called gentleman's agreement—you know, agreement between uh, um, two people—that oh, you won't include the particular rivers or the food-bearing places—and mm. yet they then they were gone. Mm. So there was a yeah, 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 no, th- no good as gold, and then it was it was taken from them. Mm. So this place, because the Catlins—I mean, you 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 call yourself a Southlander sometimes because Wyndham, yes, and you, the Catlins is south of Tago, correct? So you you sort of straddle a border. Yes, you're a border. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And, yeah and and that that's a route that we we travel. Actually, no, some of the Catlins is in Southland. Further down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah in down. Waikawa and yeah. things, yeah, where yeah. my sister now lives. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Curio Bay is Southland, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Further, yeah. further south. Tahakopa.
1: Yeah, oh, Tahakopa. That's where our farm was, yeah. actually. Yeah, and that was and that was a McLennan family farm yeah. that uh, that we had for a long time.
0: Most amazing tree growth rates I've ever seen in the South Island. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Who Unbelievable. knew? Who
1: uh, not, knew?
0: It is fascinating. I tell you, it is really, really <laughs> yeah. interesting. I can talk about Basil area if you want. It was so fascinating. Yeah the trees were so thick that they said that when they cut them down you could have jumped from stump to stump to get from one place to the other which is a horror story because it looks like something that, out of um, what's the Dr. Seuss book Lorax but it's like it says it's an, it was an incredible forest until they cut it down <laughs> mm. so that's Papatawai that, that's yeah. um, the Kahataupa Tahakopa uh, Tahakopa so, yeah, yeah. so you yeah. you straddle these two places mm. so you call yourself a Southlander mm. or a, or
1: a oh, oh, um yeah, yeah, i say I'm a Southlander, but then I'd say that I'm from the Catlins as well. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, I'm from both, you know, you don't, yeah. it's not an um, either-or thing. There's a hill between as Yeah, well. there's a hill, let's, and, let's... and I travel that road all the time, you yeah. know, it's the, it's the road yeah. I grew up on, actually, I was thinking about that when Meatloaf died at the weekend, and remembering, <laughs> um, you know, spending, you know, my teenage years listening to Meatloaf. Um, Two out I, of three I, ain't yeah, bad. Yeah, 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 more a like Paradise <laughs> by the Dashboard Light.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So, t- okay, so you came from a farm.
1: Yeah, I grew up on a what farm. I grew up on a farm. Um, uh, yeah, a beautiful farm that, um, when you look up from the Southland Plains, you see it from everywhere in Southland. Um, lots of bush on it, and there was a there was a sawmill on it. There was wow, a flax yeah. mill on it. Um, yeah, a place where uh, many uh, pieces of punamu have been found. Oh, um, really? They think it was Maori were walking through, and yeah. a great story. My father was riding a ho- his horse as he as he did, yeah. and he heard as the horse's hoof clip a stone, and he recognised it was a different sound, yeah. and he looked up and there was this yeah punamu um, ads. Wow. Have you yeah. still got it? Yeah, we do. Anything yeah. that was kind of found before the 1970s yeah. so something you could keep. So we do still have those ones. Yeah, well,
0: there's actually on the, in the East Coast as well. There were the Spencers mm. who were neighbours of ours, mm. and they had lots and lots of things, and there were lots mm. of stories that went on through that country as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's there was lots
1: of, um, yeah, there was uh, hangi pits as well mm. on our farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, yeah, and a mower bone was found. Yeah.
0: yeah. So this is, um, you would have been on the crest then. That farm would have been on the crest between um, the Catlins yes. through into yeah, yeah. So up high. yeah up high
1: yeah and that's quite so how high would that be because uh, the um the, the what we call the first flat was a thousand meters above See, sea that level that is
0: high that
1: yeah is so snow it would get, yeah it would get a lot of snow so and my grandfather used to say that if it got if you got um, if snow lasted up there for more than a week it meant it would snow again within two weeks and that's yeah. what happens so that's
0: what happens yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. well mm. you know. What, we used to get snow from four fifty meters. You you saw, you know, mm, lots of areas mm. that we had. We got what we had trees yeah. wiped out with snow at four fifty yeah. meters. So one thousand.
1: Yeah, and that was only. There was it went higher than that. That was yeah. just one paddock I remember. That yeah. is, that is.
0: Um, you don't you don't want to be mustering in the middle of winter in a wind, in a wind there, that would be mm. freezing. Mm. You're tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just I was bad. more. I, I
1: was less the farm girl. I was more. I was mum well, I'm one of six six kids, mm. and all of the others are farmers. And um, although I did my bit of rousing and tailing and that kind of thing, I was more. We call it kind of, doffing up here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I used to often just stay inside and help mum.
0: Yeah, because it's like we don't have we don't have cribs, We have yeah, batches. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whatever. <laughs>
0: Whatever. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So what was it? So as. Here you are, you're this incredibly intelligent person that ran away and went to university and things like that
1: Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that, that was hard I didn't so, say so, ran away in terms so, of literally yeah, So, I, my, my eldest brother was really bright and he went to university yeah. and then he ended up becoming a farmer and my parents saw that as a waste Because, because, because he, a waste of education because he just became a farmer anyway they could have done that without the whole university in the middle and so they weren't keen There's for There's lots of
0: people that were uh, farmers with degrees
1: Yeah, yeah, that, no, yeah not, not and where I grew up in the seventies, eighties, eighties, so I had to actually fight really to get to university, and they so I went to teachers' college actually because it was okay because I'd come out as a teacher, but I actually hated it. It was horrible. So is I this is a female versus
0: male thing. Is it like a? Is it like was it was it pressure for you being a female, a girl on the from the farm? Oh no,
1: no, because my elder sister. Um, She's a farmer. She actually farms it now. She farms yeah. the home place. So, yeah. no, it wasn't so much that. Um, just it wasn't part of my parents' experience, and they didn't get it. So, I um, I fought to go there. But I think. But looking back, I, I also want to probably say about um, what I really value about my family is the real down to earthness. Yeah. Um, while many kind of Southland farmers would be, you know, there was a lot that would have a. Their crib and Wanaka and their boat and that kind of thing. Mum it means batch. <laughs> Mum and Dad would never like that. and yeah. our family friends were all um, freezing workers and um, possum hunters. Yeah. and um, you know Dad was the he was the president of the Southland Possum skinning committee <laughs> because there was a, a short period of a few years where possum skinning was a sport.
0: I never knew that. And there was
1: this family, the Gutsil family. There was a couple of guys within that that could skin a possum in nine seconds. Oh my! It's amazing. So yeah, and and um, and then actually, then later they got into wood chopping. It was a lot yeah, of the same yeah. people actually, and they had these they'd have these medley tournaments where that included um, all these different types of wood chopping, as well as skinning a possum and throwing an axe, and yeah, it was great.
0: See, this is like you talk about community, the convivial arts. They talk about you know people mm. doing things together, like whether it's yeah. Um, you know harvesting well we harvested hay or doing docking together you know people would come yeah, in yeah she rolled her eyes and and that's sort the of thing but that and people say oh those convivial things those things that you do in the country because well not just in the country it's not true I mean people people weave flax together people do um you know we mm. lots of and, and yet is that something that you think we've lost
1: yes, yes, I think. Absolutely. Like, you I know, mean, I think of growing up, actually, and when we were down in the Catlins, we would um, we'd spend lots of time with neighbours going down to uh, collect power yeah, and yeah. mussels and have barbecues together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, oh, gosh, it sound really old when I'm saying oh, life was much simpler then.
0: <laughs> no, I just, I think yeah. it's very curious because it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it was a sort of a freedom, I think, mm-hmm. um, where... Uh, like kids would get together if you had bikes or whatever and just go somewhere. Perhaps it
1: was more free time. I mean, um, you know, there was no shopping at weekends and so there might be sport on a Saturday but there was this whole other kind of space of time that people could fill with being together which uh, the way work patterns are now it just isn't the case.
0: No, no, I I find that very interesting. Mm. So so you've got these roots in social responsibility and Mm. and caring for others and, and being considerate Towards others, and that's that's generally a country thing. Actually, I think, I've, well, maybe I'm being. Um, I suspect that 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 it's it's an it's probably in every aspect of society, every part of society. But I certainly felt it coming from the country where there was a, a sense that you did things together, and you know, we had tennis things. Also. But but you you took that and went much further. So let's talk about what. So you went. To so Teachers College didn't like it, left in six weeks, then what?
1: Oh, then I switched to, um, I was already doing a couple of papers, which you do through Teachers College. So I just switched to, another, took on another paper and did a BA. So I ended up majoring yeah. in education with a BA. I did like guidance and counselling yeah. type papers. Yeah.
0: This is in, in Dunedin, at, the yeah, great Otago. Otago University, yeah. which is just a superb place. Mm. It's a magic place. And you lived that Otago student oh, lifestyle
1: oh, yeah, loved to it. the full? Yeah, yeah, absolutely Yeah, actually I was, um, I caught up my my best friend I just spent time with last week In Rotorua, she lives in Hamilton And and we met for a couple of days And her daughter's about to go off to Otago Yes A couple of weeks time and uh, we were just reflecting how remembering you know orientation week Mm. and how you'd meet these people at the two four you know the dairy at like you know three in the morning during that week and you knew them the rest of your time at university just from you know and just it was just beautiful, like the connections that you made, and yeah. um, so many of my uh, significant friendships are the people that I um, that I did life with. I was in the hall with that I flattered with yeah. um, during that era, and I, I, you know, and it's such a such a transitional time. I guess I think you know I moved from quite a you know s- conservative Southland place farming, you know, and it kind of the world opened up um, in terms of new ideas and thinking and. Uh,
0: were you conservative
1: before that? Do you think no, of yourself as no, a- no? I don't think I don't think I was, but I'd say that I come from a you know, I mean, it's a rural farming family, you know. They, of course, they're going to vote national, and mm. you know, you do things this way. Um, but I think I, there's something in me that always needed something more expensive than than that. So you were thinking
0: outside that sort of very conservative um, orientation when before you went to university.
1: Yes, probably. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember actually when um the homosexual law reform bill was being debated. Yeah. yeah, I was in the fourth form. Oh, I was
0: at Lincoln. Right, post grade Lincoln mm. University. Mm. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah, a- actually, right. when I was in the third form, I went and stayed in Dunedin, with um, it was actually my sister-in-law's sister. She was a scarfie up there, so yeah. I went up and, and stayed with her and came went, went with ordinary kind of kind of Wyndham hairdo. Came back looking a bit like a punk rock with black <laughs> nails and, um, and, a witch. and 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 a um, yeah, and and it was like, whoa. And, and remember, right, I remember that's right. I remember, remember up there. I remember people wearing these badges. It was hug. It was heterosexuals unafraid of gays. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in that time, and there was a big kind of movement of those who, who yeah. were heterosexual who were supportive of the gay movement. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this blew my mind. And I was always really okay. I was like I didn't understand why there was an issue yeah, about exactly. that. So yeah. for me, why,
0: it's actually not the issue that's there. It's yeah, what's your issue? Yeah, yeah. What's what's your issue that yeah, you have to that you've got? Yeah, a yeah,
1: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are yeah. you hiding? <laughs> Yeah, yeah 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 so um so I think actually that was quite formative for me in, in seeing the life of a student, and um yeah, I embraced that, and it yeah. was it was
0: and that was young, so that was in high school
1: uh yeah, that was our third form when I went up yeah. there third form that's, yeah
0: I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's that says something about you, Jill, because uh, I don't think I spread my wings, i think i I had the ideas, but I didn't have the courage mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. to be different until mm-hmm. I'd gone through university and and you know um and it wasn't until my early twenties. So, doing—I oh. think—doing it when you're a teenager is actually quite oh, I only, courageous. I,
1: oh, it wasn't. Well, it was only. To be fair, it was only black nail polish and a, a short haircut.
0: You were very lucky. You
1: weren't burnt as a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I walked into the classroom though, and people's mouths dropped. It's like, oh
0: my gosh! <laughs> there would have been some muttering at home. about, yeah. Did you see Jill McDonald?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have what? you
0: heard? It would have gone like wildfire yeah, yeah, throughout yeah. the district. Yeah. 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 So. There we are. So then, you got you went to this wonderful part, this wonderful place. Otago University influenced you. Dunedin influenced you. Yes, Dunedin is a beautiful place. Oh, it it's is a, a beautiful place. Yeah. It's, a, it's got um, besides mm. the weather, but it's mm. got it's got some amazing mm. things going mm. for it besides the weather. Mm. But it is an incredible place besides mm. the weather. It's just brilliant. Mm. And I spent what twenty one years there, and it's um and my kids grew up there, and it was a, a treasure of a time because it was such a cool place. Yeah. yeah. Besides the weather. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... A boy from the east coast in Hawke's Bay having to go and live in Dunedin. For, oh. 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 Anyway. Anyway. And the Catlins is worse. Apparently, Belcoother's got the lowest sunshine hours in New Zealand, apparently. Mm. So, yeah.
1: So, what happened then? Uh, oh, so... And I have to say, um, so when I was at, um, at university, I, I really struggled with, actually, with the move from home and... Um, yeah, with homesickness and depression yeah. So, and I think that probably That has been a huge influence in my life And it definitely has been Because that um, I really struggled And But in kind of dealing with that Well, actually, that's probably what led me to God mm. Because I didn't mm. grow up in a um, My family was anti-religion But there was something really uh, I was just longing for something And um, so I just started exploring and, but also at the same time that with the depression I guess I had a sense of how how difficult life could feel um, and so that gave me real empathy um, in all that I do now and you know later when I went on to become mm. a celebrant taking funerals and things you now people say oh is that not depressing it's like actually no because there's something about when you've been in really dark places yourself you're not Afraid um, to walk them with people, you know what it's like, and it's not so scary. But I guess if you hadn't been there, it would be like, Oh, I don't want to go there.
0: Yeah, I I think that theme's really interesting because it Mm. seems like um, people said, Oh, you know, because you had an illness, you're blessed in some way, so you're actually you've got a mirror,
1: total gift in it. Total, I'm really grateful for it, it's made me who I am. I think I would be. Um, quite shallow and not who I am without having had that experience. Isn't that interesting, these are the waters, yeah, yeah. these are the waters that have made mm. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's a huge water that yeah, has made me. Yeah.
0: Isn't that, I, I think it's fascinating, yeah. I think that people who go through, I always wonder about people that, um, in fact there was a really good friend of mine that he uh, had gone through Otago Boys High and then he'd gone through a corporate life and he he suddenly ripped himself out of it and ended up getting all organic and things like that And and he talked about the People that, he, they'd retired, people that he'd retired, people that he'd gone through school with, become lawyers and accountants, retired in Wanaka. And he described it with these words. He said, and you know, Chris, they, you look at them and they've got empty eyes. Mm. So they've lived this life, this career. They're probably, quote, successful in that material sense mm. with their, their mm. crib in Wanaka uh, and their retirement in the golf." Mm. but he said they had empty eyes and I always remember that phrase because it, you know
1: I I, I went on to then work for Presbyterian Support Otago um, managing the Buddy Programme which is, was a befriending programme for at risk children where we matched with them with adult volunteers and we had a really intensive um, uh, selection process to make sure people were safe and got to yeah, got to know them really well and had some really serious questions we asked them in the interviews that we did and, and I, I would find that actually it was the people who had difficult stuff happen to them yeah. that were yeah. much more interesting than than those, and we had, we had a lot of students who were great. You know, young people who actually get, had really easy but great lives, and they were they were great, but less interesting for me yeah. because it's the ones that had the tough stuff and were much more insightful. So, I was some, say are, that word in insight. some, in yeah. some ways, some people were. Well, it doesn't feel at the time. I guess we all have our, our different journeys, um, but yeah, uh, it's, I mean, some people don't get get to. Experience that until they, you know, much later in life, and then they and it don't gives perhaps, you so much
0: Yeah, and then they can't reflect on somebody else that's had a, a tough time, mm, um, or yeah. they assume it's yeah, choice, yeah. or yeah, yeah. or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think these insights are the things that make us. A, this is part of your journey because you made this huge journey into the church.
1: Yes, yes, and that so, is a huge journey. Oh, it is it. Yeah, I can't believe. I still somebody think. Wow, well, <laughs> I'm a Presbyterian minister. Yeah. Where did that? Come from the um, first
0: female Presbyterian uh, minister for uh, St Andrews
1: and Hastings in <laughs> 2017, which seems so late to be the first woman of something here. But yeah. anyway, yes. Yeah, so I, um, so in my, so I, uh, with the buddy program job, I worked for Presbyterian Supporter Targo, yeah. and my boss was a minister, and there was a number of other ministers on staff, and I was um, uh, getting, you know, I, was, I had been exploring faith and. Uh, Basically, oh yeah, I had a dream that took me to a church, um, and but what I found was that uh, that Christian faith was a so a, a key part of it was social justice that mm. God longed for the flourishing of all people, yeah. and so I came to faith understanding that really strongly, and then I ended up. Um, after I uh, turned 30, I went off overseas. Um, I had a year working in Ireland, and then I went to Iona, the Iona community in Scotland as a volunteer, and then later for a year where I was on the resident group. And there, uh, they're a community that, too, is very steeped in social justice. Um,
0: this is before you are ordained.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, way before. This is where, So it was actually when I was a volunteer uh, at Iona, um In 2004 that I experienced God's call And and one of the things was There was a whole lot of other people From all around the world Who were volunteering at the same time A lot of women, about my age I was 30 then um, And they were ministers Or were training to be ministers And they were cool Yeah, (laughs) I always had in my head That ministers were kind of These really pious, dour, (laughs) older men Um, Because that's what we (laughs) had Yeah, sometimes still do a little (laughs) I couldn't, um, I couldn't possibly comment. Um, and so that was like, oh, my gosh. Uh,
0: All these cool people. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, they're cool and they're a minister because I yeah just had this idea. You And actually, even after I felt called and um, started down the road, I still thought I had to turn into a pious goody good yeah. to be a minister. Yeah. And um, so I actually to, went away from it for a while and wasn't going to do that. But I found the more I was myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it can be quite gregarious. And yes, you can. <laughs> um, that I felt like I was being called into more positions of leadership. Like in the church, I got asked to be um, on the parish council, and then I then they employed me, and lots of things happened. So it was like, oh wow, the more I am myself, um, the more I'm being called into this. So you say yeah.
0: you say called.
1: Absolutely. Now, what do
0: you mean? Yes, tell, tell oh, us what you it's mean. Hard.
1: It's really hard because you think, oh, wacko, um, for, maybe for people <laughs> who aren't of faith. But um, my, so I've, I've had a, my two strongest experiences of calling were, so first at Iona, I was sitting in the abbey, which is this absolutely beautiful stone church, and um, on there's a Bible on each uh, you know on each seat and it says there's a sticker on each one that says do not remove from the abbey which means don't pinch this (laughs) as a souvenir but anyway I was reading it and I felt really overcome and to me suddenly that sign meant somewhere else like do not remove from the abbey do not remove from the church you are home this is where you need to be and um it was just a strong sensing of that that oh my gosh this is what I need to do Mm -hmm. and um and that was really weird, because one of my friends who was training to be a minister, she was walking around the aisle wearing about five or six different crosses around her neck. Just in case? No, oh, that's right, because she was taking them back to friends, and she wanted them to kind of pick up the oh, you know, vibe, the vibe okay. of Iona. And I looked at her one day, and I said to her, I don't think I could ever wear a cross.
0: And, and there you are. And then, no, actually, it
1: was a month later, I said to her, I'm thinking about getting a cross. <laughs> and so she actually, she said, oh, let me buy you one. So she did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was that was one sense of call. Cool. Then um, uh, a number of years later, by this time I'd met Chris and yeah. married him. We'd been married a year. I'd become a celebrant. I had my own business doing weddings and funerals. yet a minister?
0: No, 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 not, not at all. all no,
1: no, not at all. Not even, yeah. no. So I wasn't, I was thinking, I was doing chaplain, doing celebrancy. I was really happy yeah. with Your that. husband,
0: Chris Lambourne. Yeah, we'll
1: talk yeah. about that. Um, and then I was reading uh, Michael Lunig. Australian cartoonist is great he's He's, wonderful he is wonderful yeah I was reading I was reading um, one of his books Uh, it's called Talking to God I think and I I just was reading it and suddenly I felt overwhelmed that actually that here again that God was being called was calling me to be an ordained minister and um, I started crying. I just felt yeah. overwhelmed. And Chris walked in through and was like, what's up? So, i was like, I think I have to be a minister. And he said, yeah, I, th- I thought so. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. Um, and I yeah. Do you think he knew?
0: Do you think he knew before? Yeah, he, he, had, yeah, he
1: had a sense that that's, yeah. where, um, that's where I was going. More, Yeah,
0: he do saw. You, do you believe in, you know, tr- these are transcendent moments. Yes, yep. Right. And it's interesting so I had this conversation with a dear friend. Actually, came from Winton, and he said, "Chris, have you ever had a transcendent experience?" And I had, and I said, "Well, yeah, I had felt really weird in a forest, and I've, you know, and that why, that's why I studied forest ecology." And he said, "Oh, it's happened to me three times." and He talked about being on top of mountains, mm, and mm. Well, I think it's, a, I think it's actually quite common. I think mm. that we we sort of get a bit, oh, you know, let's just dismiss this, or let's yeah. sort of let's not talk about it. But I think a lot of people have had these sort of really strong.
1: Oh yes, where, where God breaks in, yeah, I there's would, this. Yeah.
0: Boof, this realisation of um, of a path. Or, yeah. yeah. And that's where serendipity mm. and weird mm. stuff happens mm. sometimes. So, weird, um, spooky stuff happens. So Iona
1: um, yeah. is the, the guy who founded the community there, George MacLeod. He described it as a thin place. Where, between the worlds. Yeah, between yeah, the where world, where the, yeah, where the membrane between the spiritual and the secular is thinner than in most yeah. Parts of the world, and there's something about that place that feels like that. And I've had—I know people who have gone there who've professed they don't have a spiritual bone in their body, but they went there and they experienced something.
0: There are other places like this because it wasn't that Saint Columba that went wandering on a carrot. That's or, him. That's him. Yeah. yeah. So he. There?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So he landed at Iona. He came from. So he had. Um, uh, he'd been in this big fight. And a whole lot of people had got killed, and he left Ireland on a coracle and Caracles. landed yeah. landed at Iona Just and he decided he islands. needed to he needed to kind of save the souls of as many people who who' died of a result of his actions, yeah. and so he ended up founding the abbey. Mm. Uh, or the yeah the the monastery there what, the augustine oh don 't ask me that stuff i 'm not good at that, For, um, it was the Benedictine abbey, and then later mm. the nuns set up that 's really interesting the The guys they put their monastery away out in the paddock far away. the nuns, the Augustinian nuns, they put theirs in the middle of the village where all the action is yeah yes. and I think that 's pretty typical <laughs> yeah
0: that 's pretty cool. Mm. So that was one. There are other places that you had that experience, or just that I own it. Did you go to like what did they say about Lindisfarne? And, oh, I
1: haven't been uh, to Lindisfarne. Places um, not,
0: like that are quite spooky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm, um, oh, I mean, there's lots of places. You know, like I can be on the beach at Papatawai, or yeah, just you know, yeah. seeing the. Um, there's lots of places in nature, and and and, and, and and in worship, I yes, would say yeah, too. There yeah. is a uh, many many times and experiences that I. I am intrigued by the
0: place then, because people talk about that with Waimarama, that going back through history, it was, it was known as a healing mm. place, or some place where they taught healing. So there are these, there are these places with significance that mm. we don't really understand, but there's something there, there's mm. some other layer, some, something else that we don't see. I mean, Uruweras are probably another one where mm. there's some strange stuff happens on the Uruweras mm. and yeah, things like that. So, okay, you're ordained. Yeah. You're still south of the Waitaki.
1: Yes, yes, because. oh yes, so, yes, so we were living in um Oamaru then north Otago, mm. and um so i yeah, trained as a minister, uh did an internship which spent a lot of time in Dunedin as well yeah. um then uh then ended up uh becoming their minister after i was i got ordained um seven years ago in about two weeks actually yeah. uh and so worked stayed there in that church for two and a half years and then um then actually felt called to come to Hastings.
0: Now tell us about that.
1: So Chris um got a, had a job interview in Napier. Yeah. Now I'm a totally Otago Southland girl and so he was looking at that and I would like wake up in the night crying. I'm not leaving Otago. <laughs> and um
0: crossing the wide yeah, river yeah. is death.
1: <laughs> anyway, I I Uh, end up googling Presbyterian churches in Hawke's Bay to see what there was and I I found St Andrew's and Mm. I liked what they said and then I I figured out from that there they didn't have a minister so I phoned them up and um and then when Chris came up for the job interview and I came up as well just to go and meet some people from the church and then suddenly it was like actually this wasn't about whether Chris got the job which he did but about uh, even if he didn't, we were now looking at coming for me that yeah. there was a real sense that of being brought here and and um yeah, how it's happened and how we've engaged and what we've done here, it just totally feels like it is well, of God,
0: yes or four years, I've got to say within four years, and I think we met probably three years ago, I'm not sure mm. but yeah the, before yeah
1: it'll be five years in um June since four, five I got five here years in
0: June because it's been. It's been quite extraordinary. I think your influence has been quite extraordinary, and it's not just the fact. I mean, actually, it was Adrian Skelton was the previous, and I liked him. I thought he was. I thought he was wonderful, and I and I went up to him and said, "Oh, I've met, I've met the new minister for St Andrews," and, I, and, he, and he said, "Oh, that's great. Yeah, she's lovely." I said, "Yeah, she's so incredible." I mean, you were good, but she's way better. So, and I know I'm quite because oh, I was having him on, but he laughed and we, t- we talked about it. So, you've had some long history, like, like St Andrews seems to have had a history of social justice or at least outreach. No, is it sort of so it, it's through your impetus?
1: Um, yes, so I'm really about um, that's such a key part of um, my understanding of faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it wasn't a big Feature no. of life in yeah. St Andrews, okay. and um, I've been so my first step actually in um, helping people kind of look out beyond the walls was we built a garden in partnership with the, uh, the council. So yeah. um, a woman, one of our, we've got a, a, a lot of Cook Island people mm. at St Andrews, mm. yeah. and one of the younger women said to me that uh, that St Andrews was the equivalent of their marae. And uh, wow, yeah. that was such a powerful statement. And when I, uh, I looked at the church from outside, I thought, there's nothing here that tells you that Cook Island's people meet here. Hmm. And, um, and also, I wanted to have a seat outside. And so this idea just kind of grew to create a garden space outside. Yeah. Uh, and we talked to the council. They partnered with us. And so we created this beautiful space. Um, so seating in the shape of a waka or yeah, waka, yeah. Um, which journeys to and from the cross, and um, the beautiful uh, uh, thing over to keep the sun off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I don't
0: know. Yeah, yeah yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a a shade, thing.
1: shade cloth, shade cloth. <laughs> Uh, so we put that up and, and put um te vai vai, uh image of tovi which is Cook Island uh, embroidery yeah. uh, patchwork and put that up there and, and um, so in lots of Pacifica flora so we plant all gardening as Pacifica and um, and it's wonderful and actually after churches particularly the Cook Islands people who will sit out in that, yes, that, yes, yes. that space and sit, yeah. but also it's it's a place because a lot of people aren't comfortable with church now they're not comfortable with going into that space it's kind of it hasn't been part of their experience experience. experience so this is the space in between where we go out and 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 I've had so many wonderful conversations with random people who just happen to have been sitting on those seats out there so this was a so doing the garden was kind of the first sort of look beginning to look out into the community yeah and I think actually it's fair to say like St Andrews was, was wanted to do something but just didn't really know how to go about it and um I I'm kind of um yeah, I just get out there and do it. Yes, you do.
0: I, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, But it's it's different. It's it's like you know when you th- when I think of a church, it's often the thing you went on Sunday, mm. um, and it's formal. You dressed, you're in the best dress, and you go in, and it's very formal, and it's not a place to mingle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like that whole idea of that eye where you go and there's lots of community doing this stuff all the time. Mm. So that what you've essentially done, you, it's not just out. To the community, you've actually brought community back to, into the church, like, come mm. and like coming of a seat, seat, mm-hmm. cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah,
1: let's build relationships. Let's connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that is
0: that is that, I mean, is that new? It feels new. It feels no, no, no. <laughs> I'd say that's how it's meant to be. Right. Well, so when yeah. if you go back through history to the parishes of three hundred years ago, um, are you do you think what what's because, I don't know, it, it, you, you're brought up in the 60s and whatever, mm-hmm. and you think of um, church as being some dry thing you have to go to on Sunday, and then you try to get out of it. Mm. You
1: know? and,
0: and yet what you're, you're doing is you're, you're transforming it. So what are the... oh,
1: It's not No, it's not me. It's I, Well, I would say it was the Holy Spirit. Trans- and, and actually, I'd say I wouldn't go back 300 years ago. I'd go back to um, the third, fourth century when Constantine oh. um, took over. Well, actually, because the church was on the fringes very much and it was, um, you know, they, it wasn't allowed. They met in secret. But then Constantine, for various reasons, decided to, to make the church a state church. And, this is the
0: emperor, the Roman yeah, emperor. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, and built... And, and one of the reasons was that it they had, they were well organised and it allowed um, better communication and, and lots of things like that. Um, but suddenly when he... It, Built the big buildings. It it changed it yeah. from the more simple uh, relational way that it was. Where of you know because um, I didn't expect this to be so kind of faith focused this conversation, but but that it's you where know, the waters of fire. That's right because but, Jesus but. was all about um, uh, yeah trying to um, take away the systems that oppressed people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you've got, so Constantine was part of the... the oppression. He was the, one of the oppressors. <laughs> yeah. So there was something that happened then, and I think in some ways we're... So the, the, the institutional church is really, um, you know, diminishing from what it was, but I think it's quite an exciting time because we're seeing um, different ways of being and doing things rising up.
0: Maybe this is the time, because it was a, interesting. I was listening to an interview just coming here, and he was talking about, you know, what has COVID meant for how mm-hmm. we look at the world? Because every pandemic in the world has actually changed us, and the guy was saying he said, Oh, no question connection, the realization that um, that we are that we are one that we are connected mm. and he said and the role of the state, like you know it 's all private, private and individual individual, and now he said no that's all that's been challenged be, you know big time, so is this the time is this the time of maybe rising community i don't mm. know i 'm not so so
1: um the church ev- has been reformed every five hundred years oh wow yeah so it's, it's, <laughs> it's um just over Five, I think it's like five hundred and four years since, um, since the Reformation. Yeah, so and you so, think it's going to be online? So, oh, so we we are in the midst of um, of reforming, and actually, the, the Presbyterian Church we say that we are reformed and reforming. We're always, wow. always trying to, to yeah, change. That's a big and, call. So explain
0: this to me. So if you what can you define the Reformation of five hundred years ago, and what what's what happened then? What happens? What's happened now? What do you think is happening now?
1: I don't know. There's something going on. Yeah. There, I think there's a wonderful, um, there's a lot of stuff coming from the from um, the te ao Māori world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I guess I've been, just been doing a Māori theology paper and um, I've read this wonderful book from uh, Jay Rocker who talks about uh, how Māori engaged with the gospel. And yeah. um, and I think it, it really fits in terms of the kim- communality and mm. the relational way of... Manaakitanga. Yeah, manaakitanga, ma- Exactly, all of that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Kaitiakitanga.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. care for the environment yeah, of it, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, really nurturing the environment. And that you are and, of it. And mm. that's the
0: thing that I... Th- I mean, I, I, I go on about... You know Bacon and Descartes. You know dualisms. You know you're made separate. So you pull something to bits and put it in a mm-hmm. and and isolate. That's and, right. Yeah. And it's and that's moved right through our our society, Western Western modern society for mm-hmm. 400 years, um, which has made a life a machine. And and yet now it's all it's all. I think there's there's big changes within some of those philosophical things as well. Um, indigenous philosophies, really on the rise. Those eco-feminine philosophy, looking at nurture, care, love. It's not just rational order, control, and things like that. So you came here, and I want to talk about some of the initiatives you've done. Because I met you, and we were on Amrai, looking at um, it was a quite poignant um, situation where there'd been there were young women who were who had there was abuse and suffering, and they were they were speaking what had happened, and I remember it was really heartfelt because there was somebody that oh, I'm not ready to speak, and they they sat back, and we all we were there just to. I don't know why I was there, (laughs) but we were. And um, you were involved in something like that, looking at the care of the community and trying to build from the base. What else have we done? What else have you done? Um, Because your name's everywhere. (laughs) I
1: don't know if it's everywhere. You're in the, Um, look, you're in the magazine. Oh, so... so, um, Yeah, the solar farm, that's been really key. So um, Chris, my husband, had worked in the electrical industry, and he came up with the idea. He figured that actually solar was becoming the prices were coming down for solar panels and we were getting to the stage that it was becoming viable that we could... This
0: is practical. Sh- Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he was, you know, hear, hearing my stories about some of the poverty we were seeing and actually moving here yeah, um, yeah. it was a real shock to us of of seeing um, was seeing the huge divide between the rich and the poor in Hawke's Bay and that it was often along ethnicity lines, actually. Um, it was just, yeah... Really, really hard. And so, what what can we do? And so, he came up with this idea that we, if we build solar farms to give a, a solar farm to give uh, cheap electricity to low income whanau mm. And so then I um, I took this idea and did a pitch kucha presentation mm. on it uh, where I uh, talked. It's where you've got twenty slides, twenty seconds per slide to tell your story. And so I got introduced as you know the Reverend Jill McDonald, and so I got up there and said and had a big picture of Jesus, sort of uh, yeah on the on the screen. I said I'd oh, be probably all feeling pretty anxious right now, thinking I'm going to talk about Jesus when actually I'm going to talk about physics and economics. <laughs> and now you're probably thinking, you know what, give me Jesus, and then just talked about the whole plan of what we were what we were wanting to do, why it made sense, and then came back to talking about. Um, you might think it's weird. Why are we as a church looking at no, saving, saving electricity rather than saving souls? And, I, yeah. and I, then I talked about um, Arnold Nordmeyer, yeah, yeah, who um, was a Presbyterian minister who in Curau in North Otago, who sat round the table with the GP and the headmaster in the Depression time when lots of um, families were coming there looking for work on the dams. The dams were being built. And they were just horrified by the poverty they were seeing and wanted to... They applied Christian ethics to to, do something. to undo something. And do that something. came up with the backbones of New Zealand's welfare state. Yeah. So it was like, oh my gosh. So so anyway, so I did this presentation and it was incredible. Like people just stopped and applauded in the middle of it and it just threw my timings completely. <laughs> um, but it was so well received and then I got to do it again because they chose the best ten yeah. about, I don't know, a year later. And um and, and I people were really hungry for this. And I thought huh that's because what i we worked Chris and I worked really hard on creating the presentation and realized actually it was actually a sermon, it was a mini sermon, yeah, but yeah. people engage with it, and I was like people are hungry for this, yeah. and I kept meeting people in Hawke's Bay who were really interested in social justice, but I knew would never look at the church as a place to um, live that out yeah. and um, and that 's when I started thinking Um, because we used to go to the common room for a beer sometimes. I thought, gosh, that would be really cool to do something there. And so I went and had a chat to Gerard um, and said, look, looking at doing this, and he said, look, I'm an atheist, but this sounds fantastic. (laughs) And he's been so supportive. And so I just started this thing where I interviewed somebody about social justice. Actually, and the reason that that came – another reason that that added into making that happen was I'd heard – Chester Burrows, mm. um being interviewed by Jesse Mulligan on National Radio. And um, he was talking about his three favourite books, and one was the Bible. And then he Jesse didn't know what to do with that. It was really funny. Um, How
0: unusual for Jesse. Never once.
1: Stop it. you like my husband. He hates Jesse. <laughs> um, so, Let me introduce yes.
0: you to Thomas next time you're at
1: <laughs> home. So... Um, oh now I've lost my train of thought. Sorry, yeah, Chester, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, it. I talked about yeah, and he just talked about how he was inspired by Jesus as a social revolutionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, Chester does lots of stuff in prison reform, and and, I, and when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh, here we have somebody, a leader in our society, somebody who really Party. well was the National Party. I yeah. know. Oh.
0: Uh, oh no, the National yeah, Party used to have yeah. really good people. They they used to have compassionate conservatives. I mean, Bolger, you've got to say as a as a person who cares. You know, mm. you know, that's mm. an aside. But yeah. you know, um, Brian
1: Torboys, Winton, mm. he's a good guy. I'm from Wyndham, you know that. Well, not, yeah, I you know, know, but I was t- he was from okay, Wyndham. I know some people sometimes get that mixed that I up. Do not. I do I know yeah, East okay. and
0: West from South Okay, good. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, so, then so then I started The Common Good. Yeah. Um, at, so at The Common Room Bar, where I interview somebody about an issue of social justice um, with an audience, um, and, and people who would come because they're interested in making the community a better place, and we just... Explore how we might do that. So, so that's been um, that's been really good. And I've interviewed like Glenn Colhoun, um, Chester Burroughs, Charles amazing, Watergrave. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and local people doing some really awesome yes. things like um, Sandy Speeden and Sue Haldane, who work for Growing Through Grief. Um, and
0: yeah. that um, that nun. I oh,
1: Rosio Figuero, Yeah, yeah she she amazing woman. Peru. She mm. was an incredible. Woman. Yeah, she's yeah, she's, yeah she's a wonderful incredible. woman.
0: Yeah. This is a, so it's a shame because. The pandemic, to some to some extent, mm. has put the kibosh on some of these mm. these meets, um, and they were amazing. Thank you, and
1: um, they will continue. But and they will, um, I'm
0: pleased to yeah, hear. Oh, absolutely. When they when we when we're uh, you know when things calm down as they may mm. in a year or mm. whatever. but um, but they have been an inspiration. They've and they've been I think really well received and, and people look forward to them, Yeah, massively. I
1: guess yeah. Um, we want to be really clear though we don't want them just to be for entertainment value, like oh, we, no. we want to really encourage yeah. people to I guess find their own passion and yeah. do their own thing because we we can't the government's not going to make community better, we need to yeah. do that ourselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting because it raises they raise questions and ideas, mm. and just being exposed to yeah. ideas and then the questions that come, mm. you know, um, and that dynamism yeah. that happens through that sort of um, yeah. when you get a group of people. Yeah, are
1: interested and it was uh, so we we got to do one at the end of last year, which um, so actually going back to the solar farm idea, we received um, four hundred grand from the government last year, um, yeah. not for a solar farm yet, but to put solar panels on the homes of. Of Maori, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we, we we did that, which was great, and the whole thing was based on manaakitanga, mm. and we would go to a home, and the pakiha way would be to just like get up on the roof and put the yeah. panels on, yeah. but um, we did it the Te Ao Maori way, where we began with karakia, yeah. with korero, with um, with waiata. And then we all had breakfast together, and um, the beautiful connecting um, and talking and sharing the vision of why we were doing this and why this mattered was incredible. And um, so what it did was build momentum. And so um, Greener Solutions was the solar installation company we worked with, and they and they just it's been a highlight for them as well that um, often they're going into the homes of rich people who can afford solar panels, and they don't even see the people who own the home. They're just kind of given the instructions, put this up. But here, you know, just totally embraced. Yeah. And it's just seeing... a so totally the, different g- dem- demographic, yeah.
0: dealing with a totally different, mm. different demographic.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so um, and that was good. It helped build momentum, and we're just um, waiting to hear from the government um, any day now um, about whether we've got funding to put yeah. some solar farms... In around the country,
0: you know that if the, the effective thing about, um, like I've seen that when you talk about the park way, so everybody moves, moves into a hall and there's someone mm, mm, stand on the mm. podium and they're they're on you know they're, they're on a stage foot then they stand on the podium and hide behind the podium and, and speak down at. Uh, and everybody mm. folds their arms and leans back, and mm. they're not happy, there's no embracing and there's mm. and there's um, there's just tension, you can just mm. see it mm. and I've seen that, and then this very same issue in Southland actually, where um, they said, no, no, don't do that and they they actually argued for that that whole manakitung approach no, no for God's sake, put food and drink on, let people mingle and don't have just have circles, do not have stages and platforms and ups and downs, and ask questions, don't tell you know, what? this is what we're going to do in your suit, your Armani suit with your Gucci shoes. And um, this chap Ernie knew who was a big planner from Gore, he was based in um said that people started coming up to him pretty soon and saying, this guy's not too bad, he plays bowls. And just that simple breaking down of us and them, and you become a mm. team that has a common purpose. And, it, you know, you, you just, things just work. And you end up with a feedback from them. It's relational. It's, it's relational. It's not about some machine of hierarchical order and obey and obedience. It's actually mm-hmm. about building something that's so much bigger. That's community. Which is what you do. You've been doing this. This is completely natural. You think this is the waters of you. This is where you, you, mm-hmm. are, is this, you understand that. You understand you build connections. You build relationships. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a people person, um, and I yeah, I love connecting with people. So that's I,
0: obvious. That's obvious, and it's been so effective.
1: Yeah, so effective. Yeah, but I guess, seemed, and but, and also like I, the other thing is I didn't grow up in the church, and um, and I think that's I a thought yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I remember how it's like, oh, they're religious. Hierarchy, uh, podiums, all that. Yeah, that's, it was just weird. No, well, the whole thing was just really weird. Yeah. And so I know what it's like to be on the outside and how weird it seems. So I guess I can kind of look at that.
0: You were the person um, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. You like, what person? are they doing? Yeah,
1: what are yeah. those rituals? What is that about? Why yeah. do they say that? Why do yeah. they do that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's mm. intriguing. How do you juggle all this? <laughs>
1: I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm, you know... I, I don't I'm, know, like, some
1: of this, I feel like I'm in a really thriving season in my life where yeah. um, there is so much, I, yeah, that there is lots happening, yeah. uh, but sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming. I and, can imagine, and, um, I can imagine. Yeah. And, you'll,
0: and, the, and uh, the experience, well, I've, seen, I've seen it before, where because you're such a magnet for community consciousness and for things happening, then the phone rings. And you're asked to do more and more, or to be connected more and more. Are you finding that? Are you finding there's a, there's more more demand on you? Or, um,
1: yeah, there's certainly. Uh, but then that means you have to give some things up and think carefully about when I take things on. Um, but there is a lot going on at the moment. To be fair, is and there, I, yeah. yeah,
0: is there too much? You need a.
1: Oh, I'm about to go on study leave. Actually, I've got the month of March off yeah. um, to uh, do some writing. So. That will be good. Tell us but, about that. But, but also, I want to say that um, Chris is really important. Like we're a real team, yes, and yeah. um, we do a lot of this stuff together. Yeah.
0: And um, that, what? Tell me why that's important.
1: Uh, I often joke he's the brains behind the outfit. Um, I, 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 he's really bright and able to think really big picture things. And he's, um, I don't know, we work really well together. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a. Everyone needs support. I think the yeah, support. Yeah. The feeling that you're being supported is, um, Mm. in fact, you know, Mm. that's a a reality. And Mm. anybody that's actually sort of living slightly outside the mainstream, Mm. whether it's land use or whatever, you know, you find it it must be a struggle sometimes because the rest of the church or whatever Mm. is still... thinking differently they're still and so if you are the only one or oh one no no, only,
1: no 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 there's lots of um people that are thinking the same
0: so you've got so this is where you oh, think absolutely. that there's actually a real change so what are we talking mm-hmm. about in the future let's talk about where do you think things are going to go in the next five years for you and for the church and various things
1: Mm. Uh, well, I would love to see um, the common room grow and to really work on building that community. Mm. Um, I see that as really significant, uh, and having um, yeah people in the who are in the church being really engaged in some of the activities that we're uh, doing. Mm. Um, so there's there's other things I haven't talked about that we're um, looking at as well, like a drop-in centre. Um, uh, in our hall yeah. um, for people to help build community. And so finding ways for people to live out their faith. And, yeah, uh, yeah they, so they too can be blessed by um, by by the Holy Spirit. By Because actually it's when we go and it's when we go, often go into the hard places of life um, or the unexpected places that we find that we are blessed. It's the opposite of what you think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we expect that actually it's success and fame and um, no, but it, mm. that's that will give you the goodies. But actually, you'll probably find that you are much more blessed and uh, by doing the hard stuff.
0: Yeah, Well, there's lots of you know um, cliches or sayings around that. I mean, you know, when when you go and you know temper you temper yourself through hardship and various things mm, like that. But mm. in your case, you've actually embraced it. You've actually um, You've leapt into some of these places, I mean not everyone would go to Flexmere, particularly someone who's a parker from southland, for instance i I'm, I'm being frank here i mean that's a, that's actually a um, a courageous thing to do it's something to um that says something about your faith and humanity as well
1: oh i well I, I don't know like it's natural like a lot of our um uh, many of our cook islands m- many of our people at church actually live in Flexmere, so yeah. I just naturally go there go to it's the cook islands natural. hall and do yeah. and do yeah. things, and I love it yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Jill, this has been fantastic. I do want to find out just what um, the last two minutes, just to say, okay. So, where, what other things can we can we find out about Jill? I mean, what do you think? Um, what are, What are some of the things that have that have um, inspired you, or you, or insights that you could draw that we can that we can bring out, like your your relations with humanity? I mean, how do you see humanity? How do you see where we're going to go?
1: Uh, I I think there's always hope. There's always love. That love is um, essential, and I say that that's what we see in Christ. Um, that that I don't know. This, oh, it's hard to put this all into words. Uh, I'm just reminded of like you shall know them by their love. Be- being yeah, showing love um, to others, I think is the way forward. Yeah. Demonstra- is- Demonstrating that, it's not just a feeling, it's um, living it out um, Not just engaging. saying it, doing it Yeah, doing it, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's probably my, my mantra it's not a, For a long time faith has just been about um, belief, like yeah, what you think yeah, in your yeah, head yeah. And actually I don't think that makes much difference in the end of the day It's actually how it is manifest in your life, how you demonstrate that through how you treat others Can That I is say- what matters can I
0: say, coming to the end, that my looking at, at you from outside is that if that's the one thing that, that separates you from um, some of the horrors of, quite frankly, people who call themselves from the church where um, the neoconservatives from the United States, for instance, they, they talk Jesus and they don't walk Jesus at all. And um, they, don't, they, don't, they talk love and yet they, they walk hate and they walk division and they walk race and they walk all that uh, successful in a monetary sense and you're poor and deserving to be poor etc so I see you're, where you're coming from is, is, is really inspiring because it's about you doing things you, you don't just have it in your heart you actually um, you push it out you take it out to community and I think you should be really applauded for it and you I think you deserve to be in the front cover to be oh, here, so. stop it <laughs> anyway today we've been talking to Reverend Jill McDonald um, she is the Minister of St Andrew's Church in Hastings and it's been a pleasure thank you very much Jill
1: Wonderful to be here. Thanks, Chris.
0: This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.